Hello, and welcome to part 18 of my podcast, All About Antarctica. I'm Dr. Steve Emsley, and I'm a professor in the Department of Biology and Marine Biology at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, where I've been teaching an undergraduate class titled Antarctic Ecology, Geology, History, and Policy. In this podcast, I have distilled this class down into numerous parts that cover all these topics about Antarctica. Part 18 presented here is on marine fisheries and illegal fishing. Fishing in the Southern Ocean is not an easy task and involves more logistical effort as well as longer distances for the fishing vessels to travel than in fisheries in other parts of the world. Fisheries for finfish and krill began to increase in Antarctica in the late 1960s and 70s, and by 1982 the krill catch rose to a peak of over 520,000 tons removed. This increased harvest in Antarctica caused concern among scientists in Antarctic Treaty nations that fish and krill stocks would be depleted beyond recovery unless steps were taken to manage these fisheries. These concerns were the impetus for amending the treaty with the Convention for the Conservation of Antarctic Living Marine Resources, or CAMELAR, in 1980 that I mentioned in my earlier podcast on the Antarctic Treaty. The preamble for this amendment voices concerns about marine life by recognizing, quote, the importance of safeguarding the environment and protecting the integrity of the ecosystem of the seas surrounding Antarctica, unquote. CAMELAR was a landmark agreement by treaty nations as it defined the boundary of the convention area as ocean south of 60 degrees latitude. It defined the living resources as finfish, mollusks, crustaceans, and other species of living organisms, including birds, and defined conservation to include rational use or harvesting of certain species. In short, fisheries could still operate in Antarctica, but only if done so in a sustainable manner so that species would not be depleted beyond recovery. There was a greater challenge in this agreement, though, beyond just applying standard fishery management techniques to Antarctica. Now, an entire ecosystem must be managed and monitored to ensure all fishery species remain at sustainable levels. So, scientists who participated in CAMELAR had to develop their own novel methods for doing total ecosystem monitoring. First, they established the CAMELAR Ecosystem Monitoring Program, or CAMP, using top predators such as penguins and seals as indicator species for the status of krill and fish stocks. These top predators can reflect the health of the entire ecosystem because if their populations begin declining, then species at lower trophic levels also are declining. In addition, because the abundance of fish and krill is not continuous and equal throughout the Southern Ocean, they also divided the marine environment south of 60 degrees latitude into numbered sectors, each to have its own fishery quota established for the amount of harvest that could take place for specific species of fin, fish, and krill found there. Besides the krill fishery that was rapidly developing, which I'll get back to in a minute, there was another relatively new fishery targeting Antarctic toothfish. This fishery began in Chile in the 1970s with the discovery and then exploitation of a related species, the Patagonian toothfish, also called Chilean sea bass. Fishable populations of this species were found near several sub-Antarctic islands in the mid-1980s, and the fishery expanded rapidly to all sectors of the Southern Ocean by the 1990s. As the Patagonian toothfish became depleted, this fishery moved deeper into the Southern Ocean and into the Ross Sea where the Antarctic toothfish was located. It was a lucrative fishery as market prices at the time exceeded $30 per kilogram and one fish can weigh up to 100 kilograms. 
At the same time, illegal fishing became more pronounced in the Southern Ocean, and in one year the estimated illegal take of finfish in general was equal to the legal limit that Camelar had set. This illegal take, combined with the legal then, could result in overexploitation of a fishery. So Camelar began setting new stock quotas, called Total Allowable Catch, or TAC, based on estimated legal and illegal takes using fishery population models to project population sizes into the future. This move placed legal fisheries in direct competition with illegal ones, and so more illegal fishing vessels were reported and stopped. Another action by Camelar was the Catch Documentation Scheme, CDS, set for toothfish. In this program, all catches had to be reported, then tracked from their point of landing, or the harbor, through the trade cycle to verify the legal status of the fish. Now, buyers would be hesitant to purchase illegally caught fish, and the number of illegal catches dropped considerably. Numerous conservation organizations and member nations joined in on this program with enforcement and seizures of illegal vessels with designated fines. By 2010, most illegal activities had stopped, though not all, as some illegal vessels are still spotted on occasion in the Ross Sea and other Antarctic waters. As for toothfish, Camelar also manages quotas for the krill fishery. Krill is not harvested directly for human consumption. Its exoskeleton is high in fluorides, so each krill would have to be peeled immediately after harvest to make them more edible, and that is impractical. The krill fishery is based more on using the oils for medical and health purposes, especially the omega-3 oils. It also is used for fish food for aquaria and fish farms. The krill fishery in Antarctica can be traced back to the Soviet Union in the 1960s, followed by Poland, Chile, and South Korea. By the 1980s, most of the harvest was by the Soviets, but they eventually exited the krill fishery after the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1993. Now, Norway has the largest fishery in Antarctica, followed by Korea, Japan, and China. The current Camelar quota for krill in all of the Southern Ocean is set at between 8 to 9 million tons per year. This level of catch is still unachievable, with the current number of registered fishing vessels and required logistics to work in Antarctica. So, the krill fishery is cited as one of the most underexploited fisheries in the world. However, fishing technology is improving, and new uses of krill are being developed so that fisheries are expected to grow in the future. Since 2003, Camelar has required a notification process for any new fishing vessels that want to work in convention waters. This notification helps Camelar keep track of total catch, and they use acoustic surveys now to locate krill swarms and estimate their size in each sector from which they can then set sustainable quotas. Still, there is concern among scientists that increased krill harvest in the future, along with the recovery of populations of baleen whales and fur seals that also consume krill, will begin to impact krill predators, including penguins, in Antarctica. Moreover, the loss of sea ice habitat in the Antarctic Peninsula, where marine algae is trapped and then released into the food web, also is impacting the populations of krill that depend on this algae. Further, this decline in sea ice is allowing krill fishing vessels to remain longer in southern ocean waters and extend their season for harvesting more krill. In short, there is a combination of factors that must be monitored to ensure the conservation of Antarctic living marine resources. Thank you for listening to my podcast, All About Antarctica. I'm Dr. Steve Emsley of the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and I hope you tune in for my next and final episode of this podcast, Part 19, Antarctica and the Future.